Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Tradies and builders, power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. It's Justin Marshall and Ricardo Ball with the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run on SCNZ. Bouncing out of tackles and breaking. Martilia. He's gonna have Moana on. Steps inside him. Tilia. Oh, what a try. Ball out the back door. This is opening up nicely for the Crusaders. And they're in. It's Fergusburg. The Lala steaming into a big gap. The big man trundling it down towards the 22. Christie's there. Tuivasa set. Stepping. Oh, what a try. What is this game turning into? It's all over. What a game. Drama at every turn. But in the end, the Crusaders find their champion qualities to hold out the Blues and win it by 34 to 28. Kia ora everyone and welcome into the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run here on SCNZ. Ben Francis in for Ricardo Ball today and we are here to talk all things rugby until 3pm. Justin Marshall is also away today. He's on commentary duty for the Highlanders game which starts at 3.30 this afternoon. So joining me in studio is former All Black and Blues halfback Steve Devine. Steve, how are you today? I'm well, thanks mate. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm well, just. <laughs> right, so you, had, you were telling us the other day your, your 03 reunion, reunion sorry, with the Blues team uh, at the game last night. Yeah, catching well, up with some of those guys. Yeah, we caught up with the boys. It's been a, um, it's been a really good couple of days um, reminiscing about how good we were. Um, a few stories have been stretched. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been awesome reconnecting with a few of the boys I haven't seen for a long time. So, yeah, good couple of days. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, and, of course, you, all you guys were at the game last night at Eden Park. The, unfortunately, though, the Blues going down at 34-28 to the Crusaders. Probably the game of the season, I have to say, so far. Uh, that, that one there at Eden Park, 23,000 people in attendance. For me, it was uh, one that got away from the Blues. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think they made opportunities, enough opportunities to win the match, and they just they weren't quite clinical enough. But uh, was you know they they were down and out a few times, and they they dragged themselves back into the match, and it was good to see. There's certainly plenty of fight left in them, and um, it went to the wire. And you know a few a few decisions gone slightly different, and it could have been a, a very different outcome. Yeah, well, I'm going to ask about some of those decisions very soon. But boy, when the Blues get a bit of ball in open space. It's yeah. incredible. Well, I mean, that's 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 it, really. You know, when if that back line, when they get time and space, they they're going to light anyone up. And you know, but credit to the Crusaders, they they played well and they kept that ball tight, and uh, they didn't allow them a lot of space at times. And 
you know, a couple of defensive moves where the uh, Crusaders got up out of the line individually and they, they were they were lucky enough to make that tackle, or not lucky enough, but good enough, and uh, and vice versa. A couple of times the Blues boys shot up out of the line and missed the tackle and um, and there were tries from it. So, yeah, it was, it was a close match. I think, think the result from last year's final would have probably been on some of the guys' minds. Because there were times where the Crusaders were kind of dominating in the set piece, especially in the line-out. I know that was one area the Blues did struggle in the in the final last year. Yeah, the, yeah. I mean, with, with the big games like that, you you don't reminisce too much about what's happened prior, but it's it's in the back of the mind. You know that you got humped the year before, so you know there's a little bit of extra anger in there. And you know the Blues came out; they played very well to start with, and uh, and went up early. And the Crusaders came back with two just clinical tries, just holding the ball and getting good quick ruck ball. And and then and then the Blues were you know after two tries from the Crusaders Blues came back again so it was a it was a great match very entertaining I think the skill level was pretty pretty high across the board and um, certainly the crowd enjoyed it now we're touching on a couple of the court, uh, couple of the decisions that were made in the game uh, so there was firstly the yellow card I think it was James Lay got yellow carded and that forced the the golden oldies scrum yes. so the Blues then went down to 13 I think the Crusaders took advantage of that but then in the second half I think it was in about the 50th minute uh, the referee said there was foul play against the Crusaders, which would have been a card. But I think the linesman said to him, oh, there was a knock-on back earlier. So then that was made redundant. And then yeah. I, th- I think the Crusaders kind of made the most of probably what was a very, very lucky where they probably should have been down to 14 men. Yeah, a couple of times the Blues uh, thought they'd scored a try. So that negated what would have been a yellow card, which which is a bit silly because you should be able to score the try and then if it was cynical play anyway, then you still get the yellow card even though you scored it. So the Crusaders were, were very lucky twice in the second half. And in the first half incident when James Lay got sent Ben, uh, that has to be the stupidest rule in rugby. Uh, two props get injured legitimately, like both serious injuries taken off the field early. And then a prop gets... Um, sin bend and because it goes to old golden oldies you have to take a, a, an additional player off so the Blues were down to 13 for 10 minutes which is you know which is pretty tough and you know I don't I don't think that rule um, that rule's there for saying that one one team has a dominant scrum that's why you have to go to golden oldies but that wasn't the case that the, neither scrum was dominant over the other um, both got penalties from scrum, so it wasn't as if the Crusaders were smashing them and the Blues had to go to Golden Oldies, and hence you have to take an extra person off. That that wasn't the case. So, yeah, that that was that was a you know turning point of the match when um, you know the Crusaders got some points up because there was thirty men on the field. Well, especially I think it was the first play straight after that. They Leicester scores in the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know not fair. Um, weird rulings and quite easily a, a few of those decisions could have gone the other way, which um, certainly, you know, when you get the, the bounce of the ball or the, you know, the run of the green, however you want to describe it, is a lot of the calls didn't go the Blues way. So, you know, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that, you know, down the line, maybe in the next game, that maybe a few more of those calls will go the Blues way and, 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 and that's rugby. Well, despite not getting some of those calls, they did very well to fight their way back into the game and then when the Crusaders went down to 14 with about 15 minutes to go, the Blues had multiple opportunities. They were just attacking that Crusaders line, throwing everything at it and they actually crossed twice. Two tries were awarded, but then they were ruled out for dropping the ball over the line pretty much or getting knocked out. Yeah. I mean, that's you know that's a game of inches, isn't it? That's that that's what it came down to. Two knock-ons in the goal area, when you're under penalty advantage for cynical play as well. So, um, you know, if if Hosking Satutu didn't take that kick 
and it wasn't close to being a try. It was probably going to be a yellow card. But for some reason, he they reviewed it, and it clearly wasn't a try, And but they gave the penalty and just forgot about the yellow card part. So, you know, uh, yeah, they, they didn't quite go the Blues' way. But, again, I'm pretty pretty happy with the performance, and I'm glad they, they got themselves in a position to win the game because, you know, um, Last year they had an exceptional year, but years gone past they haven't been able to get themselves in a position to win the game. So, you know, the chances were there. They just they just weren't quite good enough uh, last night to do it. I know usually when these two teams meet, there's lots of discussion about the barrett Mwanga battle. I don't think there was too much of that this time, but who do you think was probably the better out of the two? Um, I, I, Bodie plays a lot at 15, like uh, especially on defence. Um, and I, yeah, I, don't, I just don't quite think... Bodie's, I've I seen glimpses late where he started to take the ball to the line again. I just haven't seen him this year really take the ball to the line like and use that speed. And um, So I've been, a, you know, a little bit, yeah, I'm not so sure about Bodie, but um, I, I, towards the end of that match, he, he, he took the ball to the line, he got tackled a few times, and um, I was like, here we go. We, he's, I'm not sure if it's a confidence thing. I don't know. He just, he just hasn't this year so far taken the ball to the line as a, as a 10 as well as I would have hoped. So... Um, yeah, hopefully he gets a bit of confidence out of that, and and he gets back stuck back into it. Moonga, um, yeah, he's just class, right um, across the board. Uh, there's a few mistakes from both, but um, you know, in terms of uh, ball in play and running rugby, I mean, they, they were certainly two teams going hard trying to score tries. So it was, it was you know a high, very high intensity game, and in in those matches, you're going to get a few odd mistakes here and there, but. I mean, I thought across the board in terms of skill level and performance, I think, um, yeah, clearly, uh, easily the the biggest, uh, most intense game of, of this year so far in Super Rugby. Yeah, definitely. And it's nine minutes after one here on the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run, brought to you by Bunnings Trade Power, your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Keep your messages coming through on double eight double three. You can give us a call 0800 150 811 to discuss the Blues Crusaders game or any of the other games that took place over the weekend. We'll look at those more in depth a little later on. But sticking with... Uh, the Crusaders Blues game. I was going to ask you, did you see Tom Christie's face last night? Yes. <laughs> yeah, he came up on the big screen at the rugby, and everyone, like, the whole was like, "Ooh, that's a that's a goodie." That was uh, that was a goodie. <laughs> I, I was absolutely he was staying out on the field. You know, I looked like probably would have been like a mummy if he had more um, of the strapping around his head with the big black eyes and blood pouring all over his face, but. Could you imagine what happened if it was a soccer match and, and a player <laughs> had something like that and was trying to play on? Oh, man, you love getting those little digs in towards uh, <laughs> soccer, don't you? Noted. Um, and one of the other things I want to touch on as well was you've been you've speaking, been speaking very highly of Roger Tuivasa-Shik of late, so I made a made a strong note to watch him last night, keep an eye on him. He scored a try, I think it was his second uh, of, in his Blues career. Uh, there was the moment on defense where Mwanga kicked the ball from the goal line, and he just, I just don't think the bounce went his way, and Leicester picked it up and scored. But how did you see Roger go? Because you're someone that's been speaking very highly of him, especially in the last few weeks. Yeah, I, th- I thought he was very good again. Um, uh, he, he rushed up out of the line once and didn't make the tackle, and that's that made a try, and he got bumped off another time um, down the Crusaders' end. Um, and then there was that kick in. So they, I mean, that kick—they were down to thirteen at that stage with a kick, I think. Still, so it was it was um, they were hot on attack, and then all of a sudden, uh, ball gets turned over and, and across the field kick. Um, yeah, I, I don't think you can blame that on on him. But yeah, obviously he had a, an attempt to make a tackle that didn't quite work. But 
Uh, did he play well? I thought he played very well. He's, he's still good. But I, I was pretty impressed by his opposition too, McLeod for the Crusaders. Mm. I thought I thought he had an outstanding game. I actually thought he was probably the difference between the two teams. He, he um, you know, ran well. He um, carried hard in, into contact and he did everything right from a 12. I thought he had an outstanding game. So, you know, that's good for the future. Another, another kid coming through. But yeah, Roger was good. Um, as always, I, the thing with the Blues that I don't like so much this year is that every set piece they go to ten flat and they hit twelve or they hit thirteen. There's not a there's not a lot of options. They just seem to run into contact and at times um, they'll put in Christie, uh, the Crusaders number seven at ten, and because they just knew they were coming down that channel and he was just tackling and and straight on the ball for turnovers. So I, I just like like to see the Blues, you know second man play at the back and try and get a bit wider off that first um, phase. Like, get it to the wingers. We've got two of the best wingers in the world. Let's get them some ball, one-on-ones, and, and let them have a go. But we're just, just forever just running into contact, into numbers, and I, I think we can do better. Is that is that just something as simple as just going into the training field and just working on some different moves, or is that just down to one of the things that has been spoken about this year is probably the, Lou, the sorry the Blues' lack of probably depth at lock as they've got guys like the Tom Robinson who's been filling in who's probably more a six. Yeah, I just yeah, I just I don't know. I think they just just they just want to get out of the advantage line and get quick ball off that first phase. So they're just they're running into contact, and you know when you got Rico, you get Rico on the outside of a play. You got those two wingers and fullback. Like you know, I just think they're itching for a little bit more creativity around around what we can do as a backline off the set piece. Um, just smashing it in and trying to get out of the advantage line. I, I think we can do better. I have a couple of texts come through here on double eight double three. One from Ken saying, "Guys, that was hard to take some of those decisions by officials." Uh, talking about the officials in the the match, uh, we he reckons they missed a Kiriwane and uh, Patrick Tuipulotu, and when they went down to thirteen, the game was pretty much it was hard to come back from that. Yeah, it was hard to come back, but they almost did, almost which was did. which was pleasing. Yeah, Patrick Patrick's a massive loss, and so is Akira. Like they're they're big men and they're big mobile men. Um, Definitely, at the start of the year, we identified that maybe the Blues were a bit a bit um, underdone in, in that tight five locking area, and um, a couple of injuries early on hasn't helped. I understand um, Sam Darry could be back in either this week or next week, which will help bolster the stocks a little bit. But uh, yeah, definitely Patrick's Patrick's missed big time. He he's just a get over the advantage line, go forward type of uh, lock, and um, he's a big body. And uh, he was definitely missed last night. I definitely did notice that, they were, especially late in the game, they were going to Hoskins quite a bit in the lineout. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, and and even um, uh, the captain Dalton. Even Dalton was in the lineout a fair bit. But uh, you know, Tucker Tucker stood up. I thought he had a pretty outstanding match last night. He was in the other and carried the ball well. So um, you know, they're there um, again. They gave themselves a chance to win it at the end. They they weren't quite good enough, um, but a few different decisions gone a, a little bit differently it could have been a very very different match and they were down to 13 for 10 minutes and that's normally game over and you know they got themselves back into it and they gave them a chance to win and and they were oh, so close and i've got another text through here so this uh, text uh, has got a couple of points on uh, they touched on rogers defense which is something that you touched on and they mentioned how when bryce heem came on the blues seemed to tighten up a lot especially in that midfield uh, and the other point as well they wanted to make is talking about Ethan Blackcatter and how he's getting back to form and that, that race for the number six jersey for the All Blacks because there are quite a few guys putting their, their hand up for that position. Yeah, uh, firstly, uh, Bryce Heem, yeah, he was outstanding. He came on a couple of great carries and, um, yeah, just a tough, tough, straight, carrying hard ball runner. And um, 
And Ethan Blackadder is a, is a pest. He was into everything. He had ruck time. He did an amazing job at slowing the ball down on the Blues. And, you know, that that's a big part of how you stop the Blues. If you let them get good quick ball, the backs are going to kill you. So they, they did a good job. He's a pest at the ruck. He's just a, he's a machine. And, uh, yeah, he's a hard body to move. And uh, he throws his, his weight around pretty well. Um, he's a um, he's a talented footy player, and it is good for New Zealand rugby that he's he's finding some form and back on the field. And we actually have the the president of the Ethan Blatter uh, Ethan Blackcatter sorry fan club on the line, Graham. Graham, how are you? <laughs> I'm I'm proud to be called that too. Yeah, <laughs> and he had a great game as Steve, even though he's a good Auckland man uh, and Blues support, uh, ex player, I should say, and ex All Black. Um, yeah, no, he he had a great game. Yeah, he was. He was really instrumental, um, you know, in that win last night. I think him and Sam Waylock, yeah, I mean, the whole team. Both, I mean, most of the players on that field played well last night, and you don't often say that, but, um, yeah, I think he was critical, you know, and just gave that edge. You know, Satuti played out of his skin for, for, the, for you guys, but, um, yeah, he just does that, the dark arts, or whatever you call it, you know, they like to call it nowadays, and... Um, but yeah, it was a hell of a game. It was brutal, as you, as you said before, Steve. You know, Tom Christie's there. It was like a, you know, he'd been in a bo- been in the ring with Mike Tyson or something. Um, yeah, no, I mean, uh, yeah, those defensive plays were big. You know, I mean, that's from you know my perspective as a Crusaders fan. You know, my heart was in my mouth. You know, when the James Tucker and the um, other one who I forget now um, went over the line. You know, near the end, but. Um, yeah, I'm pretty happy to get away, to get out of it um, after last week, that's for sure. It was certainly uh, more of a spectacle. When I, I feel like when we play the Aussie teams, the Aussie teams are trying to not lose the match. And I, I felt last night both teams went out there actually try to win it. And it was some there was some really good rugby play, which I, which I enjoyed. Um, and I, I know the crowd at Eden Park certainly enjoyed, you know, they, they, were, they went hammer and tongs at each other. And I think the crowd like really appreciated that for what it was worth. Oh, absolutely! I think the Crusader Blue ga- Blues games since Leon McDonald took over, but it, you know, have been, you know, there haven't been a bad one amongst them. I remember down here when they, you guys beat us last year at Easter time, you know, and that was a hell of a battle. And then the final, of course, was one side up to a point, but it was a very tough. It was, it was 21-7, but it was still a, um, a big game, you know, a tough game. But um, yeah, I thought Richie Mwanga, you know, I think some of his tackling. <laughs> You know, he's he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he you know, turns a few people. He did that in the All Black Tour last year a few times too. But um, yeah, the, yeah, Dallas McLeod. I agree with you what you said about him too. Um, I think he's played. You know, I was pleased to see him get the start. He deserves it and took his chance. Yeah, he, he's he's a talented boy. Um, the other guy I was surprised with when you're talking about defense was um, um, Finlay Christie. Man, he he's not a big kid, and jeepers, he throws his body around for for a little fella. I, um, you know, last night he made some some really crucial tackles in, in in critical times, and you know they were big men running at him. He's just dropping them. It was it was he's a he's a gutsy little player, and I I like I really like what he's doing. Yeah, well, I think he's had the top tackling amount of tackles in Super Rugby last year, or something, or it might have been the year before, one of those years. But yeah, no, he's he's staunch. You know, he doesn't he just keeps going, and um, and that you know. Canterbury and Crusader teams do tend to, you know, we don't always produce a lot of outside backs like Auckland do, where they, but we have a lot of players like that through the years that, you know, just 
just keep on going and they, they produce remarkable stats like Tom Christie's got. Yeah, that's uh no, it'll be interesting. Who got the who the blues got? I know we got the Brumbies Friday night, but who have the blues got next oh, they week? Got the, they got the Western Force, Graham. Western Force at home. Oh right, yeah. Oh that'll be yeah. well, dare I mention probably a few people will be rested, but Chiefs got away with it yesterday, didn't they? In flight with flying colours, so yeah, I think uh, I think the thing this year is that no All Blacks can play more than five matches in a row. So I I would say that the Blues are, are looking to put a put a few extras out if they've got any extras. I'm I'm pretty sure they're going to be a bit a bit thin in the propping department after a couple of those injuries yesterday, and they've already got a few injuries. So it'll be interesting. Graham, thank you so much for your call. I really appreciate your time and uh, always great thoughts here on the Crusaders. And we are 20 past one here on the Rugby Run, brought to you by Bunnings Trade Power, your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Joining us after the break here on the Rugby Run, a Rugby Run will be rugby author and writer Jamie Wall. 24 minutes after one here on the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run. Power your business with the Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Ben Francis and Steve Devine in for Ricardo Ball and Justin Marshall. And uh, joining us on the line right now is rugby author and journalist Jamie Wall. Jamie, how are you today? Yeah, good, thanks, boys. How are you guys? Oh, mate, we're still a bit kind of recovering from watching the game last night. Pretty brutal, pretty intense up at Eden Park, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was it was a really good game uh, to watch. There's a lot to talk about out of it, but I think what the most important thing was is that it kind of lived up to the hype. Um, the, you know, this is the big match in, the, in New Zealand. Uh, out of all out of all the New Zealand teams, you know, these are the two uh, most well performing sides in recent years, and and it was interesting last year how the final ended up being these two sides. And everyone kind of expected a, a quite a, an exciting high-scoring match, or at least a very intense match, like the one we saw when they played in Christchurch last year that the Blues won. And it turned out to be a, a little bit of a downer uh, that the, the Crusaders just kind of technically dominated right from the, the start to the end. And, you know, they, it wasn't really full of any particularly memorable moments other than sort of walking away, everyone walking away going, well, Scott Robertson's a genius. Um, which is a storyline in itself that's led on to the situation we have now. But last night, you know, both teams just showed up to play. The Blues got off to a great start, and then they, they kind of went try for try after that. So it was it was awesome to see, and, and a d- decent crowd in as well. Yeah, mate, there was certainly a skill. The skill level, I thought, impressed me the most. That was, it was side to side. It was up and down, and it was... Um, you know, it wasn't that stop-starty. Those um, first two Crusader tries, they must have been like 15 and 20 phases for the try. So it was like it was a good level of rugby. I, I was I was really impressed last night. Yeah, I think you t- you hit the nail on the head there, Steve. The the teams had to adapt to each other a lot within within the game, and I think it, it's a testament to good sides that they that they had to kind of they started off with a couple of. Kind of breakout tries. You know, um, Talia's one just really came out of nowhere. I've never really seen a try like that where he catches it like flat-footed, sixty meters away, and then just does a couple of spin moves and then in and away. I, I, that's one of the best individual tries you'll see this year. Um, but then the fact that the defenses kind of worked each other out, and then yeah, they had to go through a lot of phases to to break each other um, to break each other open. Um, really showed the kind of the, the skill and technical nous of both teams, if that makes any sense. You know, like we saw a couple of tries. I think the Perifetas won by by the Blues was just a, a case of just probing away. It was kind of like watching a boxing match in a way. 
that they were jabbing, jabbing, waiting for an opening to sort of land a, land a big blow each. And uh, unfortunately for the Blues, the Crusaders just, just managed to land a few more punches. I know it's only round four in the comp, but Mark Talia so far, have you, has it been a winger who's produced anything that good in the last 20 years? Ooh, jeepers, 20 years. Uh, um, well, I remember Doug Hallett was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, back in the day. And I'll tell you what, I don't know what he's been doing for the last 20 years, but uh, his skincare and health routine, I mean, the guy doesn't look like he's <laughs> well, aged mate, at all. I, I, drank at about, all. I drank about 30 Guinnesses with him last night. He's, 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 he's not doing everything right. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, honestly, honestly, when you boys walked out in the field there, I was looking down and I was like, have they just gone back in time to get 2003 uh, Doug Gallett? Um, anyway... Uh, I think that um, he's he's definitely Mark Talia. This is um, has definitely just picked up where he left off last year, and it's awesome to see because you know you have a lot of wingers uh, or outside backs that have big breakout seasons, and then they kind of button off a little bit. But it looks like Talia just seems to be getting even better. Um, I, the only other guy in the comp I'd, I'd I'd equate with him is Sean Stevenson, who just seems to be getting a couple of tries every game. Um, and the impact he's having on games. And I think that both of those guys have been up until sort of middle of last year were sort of in and out of teams. Um, they weren't very, they weren't particularly consistent. I think Talia was probably just because he'd been, he was more overshadowed by the players, but Stevenson was just a little bit inconsistent, but they've really ironed out um, the issues in their games and become probably, if you're picking a, an all black team, that'd probably be the first two guys you pick right now. And they've only got two tests between them. Yeah, I I, I can't believe uh, I watched a lot of that rugby, that New Zealand A rugby at the end of last year, and both of those boys were just clear standouts. Like they were a class above any anyone else on the field in all of those games for New Zealand A. And yeah, I, I was surprised, uh, not surprised that Talia got called up to the All Blacks, but definitely surprised that uh, Sean Stevenson didn't last year. I thought he I thought he would have got a call into the All Blacks at the end of last year. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And um, I, I don't think it'll be too long before we see him in a black jersey uh, before long. I, I just, the interesting uh, story is, is at, at whose expense, um, who in the All Blacks is going to miss out to, to fit him in. Well, I think at this um, stage it's Will Jordan, yeah. right? He's he's he, he would be the number one choice fullback in the country if he was on the park, but um, we sort of haven't heard or seen too much of him and not too sure if they even know when he'll be back, so... I think if you're looking for a 15, I think um, Stevenson's got to be uh, your first choice at the moment. Mm, mm, I mean, this is that, that is true, and, and obviously Stevenson can play on the wing as well. I think there was probably a few question marks over Sibir Reese, but I think in the last couple of weeks he's been really good. Even though they lost up in Latoka, he was he was pretty effective in that game, and he's shown he showed last night that he's got a few things that other players just simply can't do, like his ability to uh, take the ball from the 15 meter channel back in field and create something um, up the middle is, is pretty unmatched, I think. So yeah, he, that's something that, that the, the All Black, the, that is part, really a big part of the All Black game plan and why he's been a big part of the All Blacks for the last four years. Yeah, he limped off nastily last night. I looked at calf or maybe an Achilles. Um, he was in a, quite a bit of pain. I, I think he will be spending. Yeah, we checked. Oh no, we did. We did have a word with um, the Crusaders after the game. It didn't seem like it was particularly serious. Um, he, I, like I said, I'm not. I'm not a doctor, but uh, I did, they didn't seem particularly concerned um, as opposed to some of the other guys who seemed to be quite banged up because there were a few casualties from last night. Yeah, so, she, she was intense. Yeah. One, all right. There was uh, there was some heat. There was some heat out there. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some big, big defence, and like I said, it was probably because of the amount of probe, probing across the field that the the teams had to do. You know, like you had to once the teams got into the twenty-two, you know, it really became quite a physical battle. And to be honest, I think the Blues can probably be a little bit disappointed with the way that that one went, considering just how much territory and possession they had in the second half. Um, they had, they certainly had enough, and I, I think it was they had a couple of tries ruled out. I think that the Hoskins Tutu one was kind of marginal. I think I could totally see a world where another TMO would have maybe given well, that. Last weekend it happened. Someone scored short of the line with their arm and then rolls it forward with their arm over the try line, and that was given. Exactly. And exactly. I, that, so if you're going to set a precedent with that Josh Morby one that you're referencing with the Hurricanes yeah. um, last week, then you can't rule ones like that out because no. that, like I said, that was very, very marginal. Yeah. That would have made for a very interesting kick from the corner with one minute to go. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, well, that would have been that would have given the game the actual the the finish that it kind of deserved because yeah. it was it was a great game, but it, it just fell short of being an absolute classic because it didn't have that big grandstand finish that we um, we would have loved. Um, but you know, like I said, it was a big crowd. I think a lot of people would have walked away pretty happy um, with what they saw. The entertainment factor was great, and um, you know, it's it. Super Rugby Pacific's got off to a really good start uh, this this year in terms of um, it being an entertaining product. And I think that, you know, we're getting a game like this every week now, you know, something that is quite memorable that we're talking about on Monday, which is something the conversation, uh, the competition hasn't really had for a few years now. So I'm um, pretty pleased with that. Uh, Jamie, while we've got you on the line, I just wanted to ask you with regards to the, the All Blacks coaching race. So I think it was at the end of February, they said that a decision would be made in the next four to six weeks. And I think on Tuesday, we'll be three weeks in. I, I know New Zealand rugby are keeping quite hush-hush, but is there any inside word in terms of what is happening with that? Uh, not, nothing, nothing concrete. I, I think that it'll be sooner rather than later uh, because every, every week that one of these that when someone gets a chance to sort of talk about it, it just advances the story further out of New Zealand rugby's reach. Um, I think that the next announcement that they're going to make will simply be an announcement of another announcement, which is we will select a coach on this date. Um, and the whole thing's getting strung out as far as possible. And that's the annoying thing, is that just the whole thing seems... Um, just really non-committal and they're only really doing this because their hand feels forced and it's like just grow a set and just do it you know like you you had your chance last year uh when the all Blacks got off to that awful start to the year and you've then you said no we totally back foster and now you've come out and said now we're going to go for a new coach which means you don't actually even believe what you you said yourselves last year it just the whole thing just needs to be cleared up um, they've kind of painted themselves into a corner on the whole thing. Um, I mean, I would be incredibly surprised if uh, if Scott Robertson didn't, didn't get the job. Um, and then that's then we can start actually talking about the future because he's going to come in with a pretty big broom and, and change a few things in that whole All Black setup. And we're already starting to see um, some of the management see the writing on the wall for them um, as well. We saw Gilbert Anoka, who's been with the All Blacks for about 20 years now. Um, <clears throat> say that he's he's not going to be part of the team um, from next year on. So I'd expect to see a few more guys like that uh, drop out of the All Black management role, or at least signal their intention to finish um, after the World Cup. 
because you know that whole setup in itself is is probably as big a conversation as the coaching role. Um, you know, this is I mean this is the same set, set of people that were that were running this team back when Steve was playing. You know, and that's a you know not been Steve, but that's a while ago. You know, and to to have that it certainly felt like it this morning. Same, <laughs> to have that same group um, in charge of one, what a, a, an organize, a, a business unit that's supposed to be a very dynamic and fast-moving and successful unit is, it needs to be looked at, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I feel I agree. Something has to happen sooner rather than later because, as it stands right now, we're losing tier two players uh, offshore, like uh, Nankerville. I, I, I just can't even believe that they've let him go with what is already leaving and may could still well be leaving that we, we're losing, you know, the big guns are of signed to go offshore, the Moingas and the Barretts. Yeah, we know we're losing them, but we're starting to lose these two tier two players that are, you know, just right on the fringe and you lose a handful of them because we don't have a coach who's worried about next year because um, there's no one there at the moment uh, who's worried about next year. And then all of a sudden next year arrives and we've got, doesn't matter who the coach is. If you, if you're picking your third and fourth string um, second fives and centers and stuff. It's it's going to be a tough year. So, I hundred percent agree. They just need to make a decision and, and let whoever the coach is going to be start planning for next year. Or he's he's not going to have any players left. Yeah, yeah, that's dead right. I think that the reten- player retention at the moment is a really really key issue, and it's something that's I think going to become more more of an issue as the as we roll towards the World Cup because guys are going to you know get on the phone with their agents and say, well, what's going to happen? Um, next year and they're going to have to reinstitute an entire new World Cup cycle as in like okay what players are we going to keep what players are we going to develop what players are going to be on the fringes that we want to just dangle a carrot in front of to be like well if you know if you tick these boxes then you're going to be part of the um, 2027 World Cup campaign Um, that all has to start now and every day that they wait it's, you're going to just get guys going, no, I might just pack up and go to Japan or France. Yeah, yeah, that's already happening. And we're getting close to not being, having anyone left. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're totally right. And Nankerville's just the, the perfect example of that. And, and you know, it's, it's it's been going on for a while. Like, you, they, the Chiefs had Lachlan Boshier a couple of years ago, another guy who was talked about as being a you know, potential all-back, but he just didn't fit into what the all-backs were trying to do. And so... There, he felt like there was nothing left here for him, and there kind of needs to be. I think that the the formation of the New, the All Blacks 15 side, the New Zealand A team, um, is probably a decent incentive because it's another way of these players to pick up an extra paycheck at the end of the year and get some touring experience and you know be able to play in some cool places. I I, I feel like that's the whole reason that team was even. Um, as well as commercial opportunities as well. That's the reason that team was was formed. Um, and so to actually have that team operate in a proper non-COVID-affected year um, will be interesting to see what effect that has on, on, on just keeping players in touch. Because you've got to remember, and you know, a guy we were talking about before, Sean Stevenson, you know, that, that was a guy who the big story around him last year was whether he was going to go play league. Yeah. Um, and then they'd clearly used that uh, that carrot in front of him to be like, well, you can go on this end of your tour, um, and that played a role in his decision to stay with New Zealand Rugby. So, you know, there, there are things in place to try and do something about that situation, 
Um, but it's going to take a bit more than that, I think. Jamie Wall, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it and uh, all the best. Cheers, boys. Have a good day. That's Jamie Wall there, rugby writer and author. We are 21 minutes away from two here on the Rugby Run. We should be joined by rugby commentator Tony Johnson after the break here on SCNZ. Ben Francis and Steve Devine, the A-plus team, I'm going to call it, (laughs) filling in for for the guys uh, on the Rugby Run. Thanks to Bunnings Trade. Power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Uh, Steve, we've had a couple more text messages come through. Keep them coming through on double eight double three. We want to hear your thoughts on the game last night particularly the Blues-Crusaders uh, matchup. But if you, you know, are a Chiefs supporter, I want to talk about the Chiefs because there's some great talking points from the Chiefs as well, unbeaten. There's some guys putting their hands up uh, from the All Blacks and even the Hurricanes. There's some young guys stepping up there as well. Uh, we had another unnamed text come through here saying, the best thing about the game was reading all the comments on the Reddit thread. You could taste the salt from all the Blues fans down here in Christchurch. And they ended up by saying, delicious. Yeah. Like I said, if if the situation was reversed, I'm sure we'd have a few more angry comments as well from the other side. Uh, yeah, certainly I feel last night's game, the bounce of the ball went, the whistle, the referee's whistle went in favour of the Crusaders and, and that sort of helped uh, the scoreline, I think, in the end. But, you know, that's what happens in rugby. I'm not saying the refs had a shock. I'm just saying that um, that's what happens sometimes. You just don't get the bounce of the ball and... And, you know, as, as as much as it didn't go the Blues' way, they, they still gave them a chance, themselves a chance to win it. So, Trust oh. me, I know all about getting the wrong call being a Warriors fan, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, I'll be quiet then. <laughs> and we had another one come through from Graham, and it's quite interesting. He texts, I think he actually texts us through whilst you're discussing this point with uh, Jamie, and he was talking about, he's talking about, how about the, some of these second string players and how a guy should Alex, like Alex Nankerville, should be in the mix. Unfortunately, He's off to Ireland, isn't he? Yeah, he signed with uh, Munster. I think it's yeah, Munster. That, that, so, right. yeah, that pretty much puts a big red line through his uh, World Cup hopes, I would think, unless there's some crazy, crazy injuries and they're desperate. But, yeah, like, like I said, I, I cannot believe they've let him go offshore. He he has to be on the fringe of being an All Black, and we're going to lose, possibly lose some um, outside backs, some centres even, and... And then he's next cap off the rank. But, um, yeah, I'm so surprised they let him go. Well, he always seems to be in the right place, right time. Never seems to make a mistake as well. Yeah, and runs great lines, uh, can pass. You know, he's, he's, he's a great he's a great 12, great 13. He can play on the wing a little bit. And, uh, yeah, he's he's our next – he's in the next cap off the rank and uh, we've let him go. It's, it's crazy. It's a real shame. Even though he's going, I do believe that during the week it was Tyrell Lomax and David Harvilly re-signed. So they're going to be sticking on beyond the World Cup. Yeah, oh, Lomax is a great signing. He's 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 a beast. Um, he, he yeah, he needed to stay, and I'm glad they've they've put a bit of pen on that bit of paper. That's good. Yeah, totally. All right, we are t- 14 minutes, sorry, away from two o'clock here on the Rugby Run. We will discuss plenty more coming up after the break. Nine minutes away from two here on the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run. Ben Francis and Steve Devine in for Ricardo Ball. I think he's actually in Wellington. And Justin Marshall was in Invercargill because uh, he's on the call team for the Highlanders game this afternoon. Uh, but Steve, as Justin's away, this responsibility falls with you. We need to ask you for your Kubota, uh, most reliable player of the round, Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. I know it's a bit hard because there's still two games to go this afternoon, but the floor is yours. You can pick whoever you like. Uh, well, I find it very hard to go out of region, and most people know that, so... <laughs> 
Uh, I've, I'm going to put it down to a few weeks in a row performance. Um, Hosking's Satutu, I, I, I feel, has been um, he's been everywhere. He's he's doing good yards, tackles, defence. So I just I just I've, I think he's hit a new level in his rugby career. He's, he's, he's becoming dominant. He's standing up all the time and he's in, involved in big plays uh, a lot in the last few weeks. So uh, I'm going with Hoskins this year, this this week. Uh, so that is Hoskins Satutu is Steve Devine's most reliable player. Kubota, for over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building New Zealand together. It's actually kind of funny you said Hoskins because Ken actually texts through asking for your thoughts on Hoskins. He reckons he's getting better by game. Uh, reckons it could be the number eight for the All Blacks at the World Cup. Uh, yeah, it's just hard with, uh, you know, with, with Artie Severe, right? Artie Severe's in, in the team somewhere. Um and then you have, um, I think Dalton's maybe the best number seven. And then whether you play Artie at six or you play Artie at seven and Hoskins at eight, yeah, it's, it certainly needs a bit of fiddling. And, you know, I, I took a, a bit of, a few texts earlier, took a bit of heat from the Crusader fans. So, you know, I know Ethan Blackadder was pretty good uh, last night as well. But I'm, yeah, just to try and throw a little little stab in the, in the belly to the Crusader fans out there. Uh, Hoskins, yeah, he's my man. Uh, I might be reaching a bit here, but I do like to do that. Do you think the the rise in Hoskins form is due to him not having the frosted tips anymore? Ooh, possibly. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was a look. It was certainly a look. But hey, they uh, they all had that look last year, and look so two thousand twenty two. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Uh, it seems like a long time ago now, but yeah. Oh, you know, whatever works for you. If it's good luck, you got to keep it. You can't get rid of it if it's if you're winning games. Well, well, may, well maybe it's good luck of not him have not having it. Um, maybe, maybe. I, you know, I just think he he's an, he's always been a like a his skill set is far beyond most of the other Lucys in the country. It's just a, it's just getting him into the game, and um, I think he's finally found his feet where he can um, you know, choose to carry the ball and carry the ball hard, and he's he, he knows he's good enough and strong enough to get himself uh, in good position. So, you know, he's, he's, a, a, he's a talented boy and um, he's just going to get better and better over the next few years. So it's, it's going to be good to see where he ends up. We are six minutes away from two o'clock here on the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run. Power your business with the Bunnings Trade Power Pass. We will be speaking to Tony Johnson at two o'clock here. Uh, we thought we'd give him a bit more airtime considering he had such a great call last night on the uh, Blues Crusaders game from Eden Park, which, of course, the uh, Crusaders did win at 34-28. And also, after 2 o'clock, we will cover off some points from the Hurricanes' 34-17 win over the Waratahs. I know Steve was very excited to see Kenny Naholo in action. And another Hurricanes player, Cam Roygaard, is hot on everyone's lips at the moment as well. Your position, halfback. And also, the Chiefs getting up over the Rebels 44-25 yesterday. Some outstanding players from the Chiefs and top of the table, unbeaten. One of only two unbeaten teams now, with the Brumbies also unbeaten. They got up over Moana Pacifica by some ridiculous scoreline. I forgot to jot it down in my notes. My bad. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. It was 60-odd to 30-odd. Very high-scoring match, that one. Um, and, you know, down to the last sort of 10, 15 minutes, Moana were definitely right in it, and it could have gone either way, but then the Brumbies just blew it out in the end. Yeah, exactly. So we'll touch on those all after 2 o'clock here on the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run. Tony Johnson at 2 o'clock, the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run. Power your business with the Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Knowing there was a penalty advantage, the kick from Barrett out to the wing. Oh, oh. try! Oh, Hoskins at 2-2! Oh, no, he 
It's Willie Hines again. Wait yeah, for the so crowd. Guys, it's been clearly lost. No try. He has to regather it. Oh, I can see the heartbreak on Steve Devine's face after hearing that call. He was probably jumping for joy in the stands as his Guinness was flying everywhere celebrating and then it got ruled out. That would have been heartbreaking to Steve. Yeah, there, was a, there were groans in the box, all right? It wasn't good. <laughs> and uh, joining us to talk about that game and after his remarkable call is rugby commentator Tony Johnson. Tony, how are you today? Afternoon, fellas. How's it going? Yeah, it's going very well, thanks. Uh, fantastic call last night. What was your main takeaway from that Blues Crusaders match? Oh, that's very nice of you to say that. I, I, uh, well, I, I just thought it was a great game. I mean, I, Steve, you've been in these situations so many times where a game gets hyped up and sometimes for various reasons it doesn't quite live up. But I think we had everything we, we love about Super Rugby in that game. I mean, it was brutally uh, physical at, at times. Um, there was a lot of passion. There was a bit of controversy. Um, yeah, there was, a, there was a lot going on out there. Um, but in the end, you know, great entertainment. Um, but, 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 but really, to me, uh, it, just, it was a combination of some scintillating attacking play. But I think, in the end, the biggest plays of the day came on defence. And I think that's everything you want in a rugby game, isn't it? Yeah, mate. It was, certainly, it was certainly physical. It was certainly entertaining. And it was good to see two teams actually trying to win a game of footy rather than one trying to stop the other team. Yeah, positive intent, but I, I think that's a hallmark of, of our teams in New Zealand. Um, yeah, sure, they'll have go-tos like the driving mall and, um, you know, scrum penalties and stuff like that, but for them, you know, most of our teams, I think, go out there with a willingness to, to play the sort of rugby that, you know, super rugby is supposed to be about, and, and we got it. Um, and look, in the end, um, you might not agree with me, Steve, but I, I think probably the Crusaders just did deserve to shade it. Um, and as I say, it just came down to those um, defensive plays. And I think Richie Maunga made um, two or three try-saving tackles. And then the Blues twice getting the ball over the line. Or when you get the ball over the line, and you're playing the Crusaders, you really need to get it down. And, and the Blues couldn't do that. And, and I guess that was the winning and losing of the game in the end. Yeah. I, I, my, my, my thing was sort of more towards the uh, the advantage rule with the with how the uh, officials allowed, like, is there, if you have a penalty advantage and for a cynical play and then you end up dropping the ball over the line uh, and then you go back and just get the penalty, is is that really an advantage? You know, that happened twice, yeah, I, I feel, I last agree. night. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, I sort of, you, you got to be careful because as soon as you start you know, getting into the officials and decision making, you know that you're probably, you know, you're going to have um, half the country nodding and half of the other, uh, you know, half the rest of the country throwing their remote at the TV and all that sort of stuff. So, but but my my view was that there were a couple of situations there in the second half where um, James Dolman was remiss and not going to the yellow card. Uh, I thought in particular there was one where there were two consecutive penalty advantages. The second one, Tom Christie had a fantastic game, um, but he, he he's lying on the bottom of the ruck. He just flopped through the ruck and, and basically wrapped his ra- uh, um, arms around the ball. And to me, that should have been a yellow card. And I agree, too, we had the situation where they came back. Uh, I think he ruled that there was a, a, a knock-on uh, before the penalty. But my view is that in a situation like that, it's probably not the law. I've probably got it wrong. But I, I, to me, a deliberate um, penalty given away constitutes a form of foul play. 
and, and, and therefore uh, should have overridden the knock-on. I, I think that's what you're getting at. Yeah, and, and, and also the, uh, the Blues, um, where James Lay was sent in the sin bin, I, my, my impression was that ball was over the try line and you're allowed to have your hands on the well, ball. Well, yeah. You know, so it was, it was well, very, it yeah. was centimetre. It was centre. I thought it was a big call. It was the first penalty in their 22 and straight to the pocket and you're off. And, and then, by the way, you've got to take someone else off as well. I, I thought that was a huge call and not really yeah. deserved. Yeah, although in, in that case, there might have also been a, 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 a case for a penalty try. If it was a sin binning in a situation like that, um, it, you know, that, that one could have gone either way. But, Look, in the, in the end, um, despite that, and as I say, I, I, I don't think there's any doubt um, that um, there were a couple of perhaps non-calls that, that affected play later on. But in the end, um, the Blues had chances to win the game. They got the ball over the line. They couldn't ground it. Um, they had attacking positions. They got turnovers, things like that. They had opportunities to win the game, and they couldn't nail them. And, and as I say, some, a couple of heroic defensive um, efforts from the Crusaders uh, helping to deny them and, and that, that was the winning and losing of the game and, and, and on that basis I'd probably say that I, I still think the Crusaders deserve to shade it Yeah I, I agree, I couldn't agree more like they, the Blues had their chances and they weren't good enough at the end of the day and, and that's what it came down to for whatever reason they, they weren't good enough and I don't say this often but well done to Crusaders and well done to all their fans Yep, <laughs> you won. That must stick in the throat a little bit mate yeah. but, but um as I say, I, I don't even know whether it was a case of not being good enough. I think they were good enough to make a hell of a game out of it. Yeah. Um, but just, to me, that, that, that's been always been the hallmark of the Crusaders and, and, you know, their ability to nail the big plays. And certain players, I mentioned Richie Maunga before with those defensive efforts. But again, you know, Sam Whitelock, you know, yeah. you know he's going to, he's going to dominate the line out. He's, he's, he's got that, you know, on tap. But to come up with that big uh, defensive um, ruck turnover that he that he came up oh, with. Oh, the one at the uh, end. Blackadder was involved. Was that the one yeah, at the end where he's, where he's off his feet? <laughs> well, geez, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I sort of thought benefit of the doubt there. I think there were occasions where people aren't supporting their own body weight. I thought he, he, he had enough of that um, myself, but... Um, yeah, I'm trying to watch it, watch the game without a red and black eye patch or blue tinted glasses, Steve. Yeah, I I understand that. But it was mate, it was a hell of a game. I, I that's the thing I like most about the game is that it was just two teams trying to win a game of footy, and it had everything. It was physical. There was passion, and um, you know there was blood. There was there was injuries. You know it was it was just a it's just what you want to see. And, and the best thing about all of it for me was entertaining because sometimes we lose the entertainment side of things and. I think the crowd last night, the atmosphere that I, certainly I was involved in, it was it was an entertaining match, and and people were were happy, you know, that both teams went at it and and put on such a performance. Yeah, and it was a good crowd. I think they officially told us twenty four thousand. Um, that might be slightly exaggerated, I think, um, but you know what they do with the figures sometimes. Um, but even so, it was still a good crowd, and and, and playing in the best conditions you'll get for rugby. I think. That's the beauty of Super Rugby. Playing it at this time of year, I know some people say it's still very early in the year, but that was the whole point of it. Um, it it's kind of late summer. I'm watching cricket today, mate. Uh, you know, it, 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 over at the Devonport Domain, uh, and it's a it's a beautiful. It feels like a late summer or early autumn day, and and that's when you get the best conditions for rugby. Um, and, and 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 so it was. And you know, 
I don't know about you guys, but I've been read, I seem to be reading a few obituaries for Super Rugby in the last couple of years. Uh, I think some of the writers, it's almost like they're trying to make it a self-fulfilling prophecy. But um, to, to me, on the evidence of last night, there, there's still plenty of life left in this competition, uh, as long as they can keep coming up with you know some you know a few innovations and, and and what have you. I think there's still a future for Super Rugby. Yeah, uh, Tony, one of the players you touched on before was uh, Ethan Blackcatter. How impressed have you been with his r- return considering he had a, that long injury layoff? Well, very. I um, mean, the first game that was played this year against the Chiefs, uh, he, he came out of the blocks. Um, fantastic um, performance from him in that opening game. And I thought last night he was one of the key players uh, in, in the game. He's, to me, he's there are two or three guys who you might say on the fringe of it or whatever who are making very very strong claims at, at the moment um, and obviously Sean Stevenson is one of them Mark Talia is another one and I think Ethan Blackadder too so that uh, number six jersey which is still a big question mark in the All Blacks to me he's got his nose in front in, in that race uh, and it, you know just the sheer uh, determination and the will that he plays with um, plus all the you know the technical aspects to his game as well. Like, he, he's been terrific. What about the race for the 15 in the All Blacks jersey? Then uh, one name that has been thrown up, and you just mentioned there as well, Sean Stevenson. You know, where are you going to fit him in the All Blacks? I know Will Jordan could be uh, drop at his expense because he haven't seen much of him. But you know, who, who is going to be leading that race for the fullback jersey? Being the other one that's highly contested. Well, well, no one's going to drop Will Jordan. He he is an absolutely brilliant player. Um, it's got, it's a bit of a worry at the moment that he's got um, this this issue with I think the sort of headaches he's had a, a an ear a middle ear infection that caused him some distress um, and so just got to hope that he'll come right but mate don't worry he, he'll be he'll be there um, because we know he can rip a team up at any level that he plays at but um, as I say I, I, I to me that and, and and what we're hearing too is that the All Black um, thinking at the moment is that Maunga is their best guy at ten that Geordie Barrett is their best guy at 12, uh, and, and they're probably looking at uh, Bowden Barrett to either play at fullback or come off the bench, but you've, you've got to have um, Jordan in the mix, um, and, and really it's just a um, you know, competition um, for other spots, and you just got to hope that, that players of that ability, they can find room for them, because you'd love to... You, Tilia has to be in there at the moment. I'd have him ahead of Sebu Reese or any of the other right-wing contenders, but then... Sean Stevenson, if you want a guy who can play wing or fullback, then then you know he he's obviously uh, you know he's he's your guy um, on form at the moment. He, he's just been brilliant, you know. And and the ability, what 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 I what I really like about um, Stevenson, what he, is that he's matured as a player. I think he was a guy who, um, you know, in the past probably uh, for every uh, two good amazing things that he did, he might make a mistake, a defensive mistake or a, a, a muff or something like that. Um, and he's ironed that out of his game. Um, you know, he can. I think the defence probably is still uh, something that needs to be developed. But boy, you know, that talent, uh, you know, the ability to just create something extraordinary, you'd love that in the mix. I'm going to, um, can I chuck a bolter in for number six? Um, a female for the Chiefs. Um, yeah. What an athlete yep. that boy is, eh? Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. Couldn't couldn't agree more. I I, I think uh, he's a guy who's just putting himself. There's a couple of them actually, I, and it's one of the reasons why I really like the setup at the Chiefs this year. They've got really great depth. I mean, you look at where the Blues are battling at the moment. Um, 
for depth at lock because of a couple of injuries. Um, Chiefs are, are, are almost the opposite end of it. Um, they've got, um, you know, they've got uh, oodles of depth at lock and and, and, six, and they've got a couple of guys there who can do both. And, and Naitoa Akoi is one and Finau is the other. And I think the, the, the thing I really like about Finau is that when he makes contact, either oh, yeah. with or without the ball, Boy, they, they they feel it. They, yeah. they feel it big time. That's the thing. So, I like. That's um, the thing I like best about him. When he hits, like they stay hit. Like he is, he's a big yeah, boy, yeah. and man, he's man, he's just an athlete, right? Yeah, yeah. No, and and he's just one of those guys who, the more rugby he plays, the more he catches the eye. You, the more you like. But honestly, mate, I I, uh, I, I don't want to sound like I'm trying to be the oracle or anything, but I've I've I've, I've liked the cut of this guy for about the last two years, and I think now. We're starting to see that potential really come to fruition. I understand that he played um, first fifteen. He was between lock and fullback. Some games he'd play fullback, other games he'd play lock. <laughs> Not many of them going yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a bit of that going on. I mean, I, I, you know, you see a guy the size of Tamaiti Williams last night putting on a sidestep, and, and you know, reminds you that he, he used to play number eight. And he, yeah, there's a, there's, that goes on, doesn't it? With in New Zealand, where you know the Kids are just encouraged to express themselves, and they've got this talent. And eventually, their size dictates where they play. But they, you know, if they can keep the skill set that made them a back early on, well, it's a great thing. I, I, I when we're talking size and players, I tell you what, I, I've got to give some raps to Finlay Christie um, for for a little for a little man. Man, he throws himself around. Last night, he was he was exceptional again. Yeah, yeah, um, you, you got to love him. That that sort of. Uh, there's a little bit of the angry little man about him, um, but but he's also um, he's a terrific player, and to me he gives them so much. He's so much of a spark plug for the Blues. And what what you really like about him, and I think it was one of the things that you know made Aaron Smith great was he's just his speed to the breakdown, the ability to get there, um, and, and it's taking some doing. Um, because um, we're having a look at the, some of the stats that are coming up. Uh, in the early stages, and the speed of the ruck, the average speed of the ruck in Super Rugby this year, it, it's sped up by probably more than half a second. Now that might not seem like very much. That's three um, or four metres on the field. It would probably attest um, that, that, that's 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 average right across the board. So ruck balls quicker, halfbacks have to get there faster, and and he does that beautifully. Uh, Tony, before we let you go, the Highlanders are in action this afternoon against the Western Force. Can they finally get that first win of the season? Well, they have to, really. They've got to kickstart their season now, otherwise it's going to be a struggle. They get a win today, and then, obviously, you can start thinking about getting back in the frame for the top eight. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, it's a, a trans-Tasman game. They're playing it down in uh, in Bacargill, so hopefully they'll get a, a, a really good turnout there. Um, and, and uh, yeah, it, it's it's not a, a matter of can they. It's, it's really, it's must they. Um, the force, it's a little bit disappointing so far this year. They don't, they don't look like they're up to, you know, they're having to call a couple of guys back in from almost semi-retirement, so they've got a few issues there. And, and this is a game they just absolutely have to win in any any way they can. Yeah, they've 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 had the the hardest start out of any team in the competition. They had first and second last year, and and one of this year's teams that are undefeated. So they they've had a tough three weeks, but uh, they should start now find their feet a little bit with a with let's say a few of the uh, easier teams. Well, that, that, that's the good thing. I mean. It's... 
you know, you, you play um, the, the Blues who, who came out of the blocks like Usain Bolt in the first game. Uh, then you get the, an angry Crusaders team. And then you have to play the Chiefs. It doesn't get any harder than that. And I think in the process, certainly over the first two rounds, it was the most points conceded by a New Zealand team in the first two rounds uh, in Super Rugby history. So that, that's how, how bad the situation was. It didn't get much better last week either. So, you know, they, they absolutely have to... Um, you know, just find a way to put all that behind them. And, and you're right, you know, they, they've got the opportunity now to, to, to get a bit of momentum going, but, you know, today's going to count for an awful lot. Tony Johnson, thank you so much for your time. We'll let you get back to watching uh, your daughter play cricket uh, in Devonport. So thank you very much. Uh, and once again, great call last night and uh, look forward to hearing you again on the airwaves. Oh. Oh, thanks very much. And, uh, Steve, I, I hope you enjoyed uh, that get-together with uh, some of your old teammates. Uh, that 2003 team, I, I was you know, lucky enough to be um, see a lot of their games. And great to see Rupenny there. Yeah. Um, we... You know, one of the, still one of the, probably one of the, the, the top two or three most amazingly, brilliantly talented, extraordinary players I've ever seen. So, yeah, that, that, that was great to see that. Mate, uh, I don't think there's any, been anyone with more talent than him ever. Uh just no. the thing with uh, the thing with Rupenny was he is he was probably the fastest man in the world, but because he was Fijian, he only ever had to run as fast as he had to. So Mate, he w- can you, I just I'll, I'll leave you with a little story just before go. I was calling a game up north when he came back from his honeymoon, and uh, he'd obviously found a pretty good paddock to graze in while he was away <laughs> because he was packing a bit. And and so what happens the first time he goes near the ball? He picks it up and he just goes like a pinball. He goes bang, 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 bang. Beats about 17 players and sets a try up for Farrell on the right-hand side. Bay of Plenty kick off. Rupini comes through, scoops the ball up on one hand, busts through the oncoming Bay of Plenty players and, and breaks on halfway. And, he's gone. and I'm in the commentary, I'm going, he's gone, they won't touch him. By the time he got to the 22, the honeymoon had caught up with him and he's running on the spot and he got pulled and reeled in by Dave Dooley. <laughs> and it's the funniest thing I think I've ever seen. Um, I, well, I can tell you, uh, he um, he had to get a horse from uh, his town to the ferry to get a fer- ferry across to Nandy to get the flight over here on f- Thursday. Uh, the horse he uh, the horse he got a trip to town on. Uh, apparently, it's no good to take the return trip on his way home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if the oh, I, think, I think the horse pulled yeah. his own uh, shoe off uh, off his foot and he's uh, he's pulled up lame. Paul Bugger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's good Not to see him. It. He's yeah. a great man, and uh, right, it was a very good time uh, the last couple of days with the, with the boys. It's been a it's been a great couple of days. Good on you. All right. Cheers, TJ. See ya. Thanks, Tony. Uh, we are 19 minutes after two here on the Rugby Run. Oh, poor horse. Yeah. There is a. Uh, he's a good man, Rubes. He's uh, he's certainly uh, he's not quite in the shape of he of the professional athlete he once was. Surely but, surely you've got a horse in the stables that he could use. Oh no, no mate, mate, my horse is going too good at the moment. I'm, there's no way he's going anywhere nearer. <laughs> right, it's the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run Power, your business with a Bunnings Trade Power Pass. It is twenty minutes after two here. Coming up after the break, we will touch on some of those other games from Saturday night. Ben Francis and Steve Devine in for Ricardo and Justin here on the Bunnings Trade Rugby Round. Power your business with the Bunnings Trade Power Pass. And Steve, another unnamed text has come through. He says, hey, Steve, how's the guy's hamstring you beat in a sprint at the fishing comp? Now, you have to please elaborate on this. I was at a fishing comp uh, out at Little Huia on the west coast of Auckland uh, a couple of weeks ago. And 
Um, Thursday night brief meeting. Uh, we just arrived, set the boat up, and was um, looking to have a beer. And and this guy came straight up and challenged me to a sprinting race. He said, "I I, I believe I'm faster than you are." And I was like, "Oh, this guy must be pretty quick." Anyway, we had a we had a quick race down to the fence and back, and he absolutely snapped his hamstring in half. <laughs> Uh, grass burn on his forehead from where he fell over so hard because he was at full speed and uh, I can comfortably say I crossed the finish line running backwards and uh, all was good but yeah um, some sore boys uh, it was uh, it was a nasty nasty tear I'm not going to bother challenging you to a run race no I, I felt good I got up to speed you know, I felt I felt pretty good and uh, confident from early on and um, and then it was good to see him fall over and Graze his forehead on the on the grass. It was it was a, a a small victory for me. Do you know if this guy caught a bigger fish though? Nah, no, nah, they were terrible fishermen. <laughs> they were they were terrible fishermen and terrible sprinters. I will say that. Um, it sounds it sounds like someone that would, I'd get along well with. I'm terrible at sprinting. I'm also bad at fishing. Oh yeah, well these guys they 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 I think they won worst fisherman, uh, worst sprinter combination of prize giving. <laughs> Uh, anyways, back back to the footy, and there were a couple of other games over the last few days. Uh, firstly, the Hurricanes got up over the Waratahs at thirty four seventeen, and I know you were really excited to see Kenny Naholo in action. Yep, uh, he's scored a try double. Uh, so, what did you make of his time out on the field? Mate, he was good. He, he's man, he's gonna. He's just one of those massive boys who's you know got that explosive speed, and um, you know every time he gets the ball, it lights up. I I would lo- I mean I'd love to see him go into the centres. I know I know um, um, Geordie's down there at twelve, but I just think the way the game's changed a little bit now from scrum time. You don't even have to play him in the centres. You just have to put him there at scrum time and uh, send the eight off the back of the scrum. You're going to get over the avenge line and just have a big boy like that standing there ready to, you know, to run it. So little number ten or or twelve. You know, he's just that's what teams are doing now, just trying to get over the avenge line as quick as they can. And I just use these big boys like he, mate. He's a, he's a beast of an of an athlete. Yeah, it's quite interesting you say that because uh, Justin Marshall has said quite a bit that he'd like to see Leicester move out to the move out to centres. I know he's played a bit there before, but reckons that should just be his spot because he feels like the Crusaders uh, are a lot a better side with him just running those lines. Yeah, no, he's yeah, he's another um, big, strong boy, you know, and um, that's 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 where our game's going. It's just you know the contacts now are not. It's just body mass. Like the bigger you are, the more chance you are getting through the advantage line. So, I mean, you look at the UK teams like uh, Ireland and England. They're just they're just big, strong boys that are gonna go over the advantage line because just because of body mass. The French, another another good example with their big locks and whatnot. So, um, yeah, it's it's where the game's going. So having big, strong boys that that are just gonna carry hard is um, you know like Geordie at twelve. You know, they're just they're just they're bigger athletes. They're just gonna get over the advantage line easier. And what about uh, Brett Cameron? Because he got the start in the 10 jersey. And I know you were saying that you think that the Hurricanes look a bit better with Aidan Morgan running things at the pivot. Uh, yeah, I thought he played well. Um, but yeah, I still, I still, the Hurricanes are such a young, exciting team, right? I, I'm, I'm, it's scary to think where they might be in two or three years' time with the, all this young talent running around. But uh, I, I like Morgan. I like Morgan at 10. I think, I think they have that, that, attack ability at when he's at 10 that can come from anywhere and that's when the hurricanes are at their most dangerous when they when they light up and they decide to to turn it on the hurricanes um with morgan at 10 they they for me they do that more often what about cam roygaard at halfback i think he scored a try double as well he's looking very very impressive with the edge game yeah he's probably 
in terms of halfback, I think he's probably right now he's got the best of uh, a pass. Like he's he gets the ruck quickly, he passes quickly, but he's also he's got that little bit of a running game, a little bit more so than the others. So. Um, yeah, he's 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 putting his hand up. That's for sure. He'll be he'll be in contention. Uh, he's a young boy. He's got plenty plenty of learning to do. But uh, he does run well around the rucks, and he does take on those um, tired, slower forwards. And uh, he, he, you know, he's obviously a strong boy. He just ran over the top of someone on the weekend for a try. So yeah, no, he made this. There is some very very talented um, kids out there at the moment, and and they're coming through and they're putting their hand up, and that's what New Zealand rugby needs. Just uh, got a couple of things I just want to ask you about the game as well, but just while it's on the top of my mind, a couple of people here at the station, fellow former rugby players, have said that they re- reckon Cam Royguard will probably be on the plane to France if they were picking their All Black squad. I'm guessing that you might not think that because if you're taking three halfbacks, I'm assuming with you it would be between Weber and Royguard if you had to pick, and I kind of get the feeling you'd probably lean more towards Weber. However, I am happy to eat my own words. Uh, I, I think right now, as it stands, right, Aaron Smith's going. He'll mm-hmm. go to the World Cup, so take that. So you've got two left. I think the best two halfbacks in the country right now is, is probably him and Christie, and, and Weber's, Weber's there or thereabouts. So you've probably got three. You've definitely got three that are vying for, for those two spots. Um, unless there's an injury, you've got, um, you know, Unless there's an injury, um, it's 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 going to be tight. I I think for me, I still I still I like Finlay, um, and and they're the third spot. It will I'd, I'd at this stage I'll probably take Weber, not because of anything other, but he's a little bit more experienced, and sometimes that that's what you need. And in, um, in those World Cup finals, if you get an injury up there, then you you're going to need some experience, especially with a um, with a quarter final, semi final run that the All Blacks may have or may not have. That's um, you know they get, they're basically going to have to do. Um, three finals in a row to to make the final, uh, and also just with the Hurricanes, the thirty four seventeen win was their third win of the season in the four games. They've got Moana Pacifica coming up next weekend. They've got the Western Force and then the Highlanders. Three very winnable games for them, so they could potentially be six from seven. But looking at their schedule, I think they've probably more benefited from an easier start to the season because you were touching on the Highlanders before saying they probably had the toughest start to the season. Do you think what you've seen from the Hurricanes, their only one real test this year was against the Blues, which they lost by six points. Do you think what you've seen from the Hurricanes, they can compete with some of these better New Zealand sides? Oh, absolutely. I I, I like the Hurricanes. I think I think they're... um. Uh, they're they're going to be there or thereabouts. If like, there's sort of two teams that turn up sometimes with the Hurricanes. There, there's the the sloppy team. You know, they they don't quite get it right, and but they're trying to play rugby. And then and then there's the Hurricane teams that get it right, and they're just electric, and they're scoring from eighty meters out, and they and you know they they're offloading pre and post tackle, and they're just you know their game is just electrifying when they get it right. So. If I know, like, if you look at the Wellington team last year in the MPC, they they struggled a little bit early, and then they just found they found their rhythm, um, and they worked really well together, and they and they took it out easily in the end. And um, that yeah, that Wellington team last year, there's a core number of players in the Hurricanes, and I just think when they get it right, um, you know, they're they're electric, even more so than the Blues. You know, when the Blues get it right, they're electric, but man, the the Hurricanes can turn it on when they want to, and. They've just got, to, I guess, find that find that area where then they're on more than they're off. I think that's where the Hurricanes are. They they 
you know, they can crucify you from anywhere when they're on, but they're not always quite on point. Still a few weeks away, but they've got a nice trip to Fiji coming up. Too. Oh yeah, I, I don't know. I, I've played a, I've played a Fiji team in Fiji, and it's a tough day at the <laughs> office, right? It's it's just it's hot, and it's and they just grow an arm and a leg, and the crowd get involved, and they they just they just get bigger and stronger and faster as the game goes on, and um, yeah, it's it's always a tough day at the office in Fiji. And uh, before the Blues, uh, Blues, sorry, Blues Crusaders game yesterday, we had the Chiefs beating the Rebels, Rebels forty-four points to twenty-five. I think Sean Stevenson really just staking his claim that why he should be in the All Blacks there. But boy, that forward pack, yeah, the Chiefs. The Chiefs, are, I, I think the Chiefs deservedly right now are the best team uh, in Super Rugby. I, I think they, um, they've across the board, they're strong. Um, and when they, again, when they get it right, they're unstoppable. And uh, it took them a little bit to warm into the game on Saturday afternoon. It took them, you know, a bit of a slow start, but yeah, the once the wheels got turning, they were they were hard to peg in, and they were they were scoring from from anywhere, making line breaks from anywhere they wanted. Really, they've got speed on the outside, and they've got you know just brute force up front. They're a, they're they're going to be serious contenders. One player I'm very curious to get your thoughts on is Luke Jacobson. I believe he was on the World Cup squad for Japan, but I think he got ruled out with concussion. And to me, he's been in fantastic form. He played seven yesterday, but has the ability to play well, pretty much any of the loose forward positions. The way on he's going, would he be on the plane for you to, to Paris? Uh, yeah, he'll be close. I mean, they're, they're, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a contentious, um, you know, um, thing. You've got the all black. Uh, captain at seven, uh, Sam Kane. Uh, you've got Artie Severe that uh, you have to pick in your team. So that's 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 two positions gone out of out of your back three. So you know it's going to get tight. He he's a tremendous player. He he's he's go forward. He tackles. He made his heart on the ball. He'll pinch he'll pinch pill all day. And you know he's he's matured a lot as a player. Um, you can see he's a bit of a calming influence in the team, and he, and he's a real leader of that team. So uh, he he'll be close, man. He'll. It's it's not an easy one for a coach to pick a World Cup squad because you know there's some very talented players that are going to be left behind. But um, he he has to be close. Like I mean that that Chiefs pack across the board. Uh, there's not many of them you can't leave out right now. Um, I mean you've got you've got White Lock right. He's going to be one lock. But I mean those the locks at the Chiefs you could you could pick any one of them in the All Black team and they're going to go pretty good. Scott. They're, Kind of frightening, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it is. I mean, they're, and they're, and they're young, you know. Uh, like we we spoken about earlier today, Finau. I I think he's going to be an All Black number six. I have no doubt about that. And he he's just a beast. Do you think that's more of a selection for twenty twenty four onwards, or do you think he the way he's going, he could sneak in and potentially have a game prior to the World Cup? He could potentially be a bolter this year. I reckon. I, I've I watched him play the last few years, and um, mate, he's just he's just a super athlete and. I, I just love how he defends. When he hits people, they stay hit. And you know, you look you look across the last twenty years of All Blacks rugby, right? And and when we're very dominant as an All Black team, we've had a we've had a big number six yep. who's just a mongrel, right? We had Jerome for a long time, and uh, we are a better team when we've got a big angry number six. And um, he he fits that mold for me. He's he's a big boy, and he he throws his weight around pretty well. I like the sound of that. I like the sound of that, hearing that. Uh, we are 24 minutes away from 3 o'clock here on the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run. There's been plenty of other things other than Super Rugby going on. We've got a couple of games later today, but also the Six Nations, the final games on this weekend. Ireland crowned 
Grand Slam champions, winning all their games and pretty much solidifying their spot as the world's best team heading into the Rugby World Cup. So we might touch a bit on that coming up after the break here on the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run. 19 minutes away from 3 o'clock on the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run. Ben Francis and Steve Devine with you. Now, overnight, Ireland won their fourth Grand Slam as they wore down a 14-man England in a tense Six Nations finale, coming out on top 29-16. So Ireland will head into the Rugby World Cup. Definitely is the team to beat. They had five wins with 27 competition points, finishing seven clear of France, and then Scotland were a further five points back from that. Steve, how good are Ireland? Yeah, they're, they're clearly the number one team in the world. Uh, the French are not far behind, but uh, it's going to be a very interesting World Cup because uh, obviously uh, add South Africa into that mix and the All Blacks, and you've got four four players in fighting out in, semi, in quarterfinals. Uh, so... The top four teams in the world will play each other uh, in the quarterfinals. So two of those teams are not making the semis. And Absolutely brutal. Yeah, it is brutal. And uh, you know, you know, you, you got to be you got to be the best in the world to win it. But what it does, it makes uh, if you have an easier quarterfinal, that means you get into the semis in better shape. You know, there's going to be um, two teams in that semis that are going to be pretty sore and battered from the week before, where there's possibly going to be two teams that are not sore and battered, and then. You got you got one more to do after that as well. So it's 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 going to be a brutal weekend that that uh, quarterfinal weekend. I don't know his drink of choice, but do you think Eddie Jones is sitting in his no. mansion somewhere in Sydney <laughs> with his feet up, with his pina colada, with his little umbrella, just giving it a little twirl, just hands back, going, "Oh, this is great. England are doing terrible." Yeah, what better? You've sacked me, and you haven't won a game. You haven't even looked like winning, playing any good rugby whatsoever. You're in disarray, and. Uh, yeah, that's a little, a little. I'm sure he's got the middle finger pointing towards someone <laughs> and saying a few other things as well. But yeah, it's not, yeah, you know, England made a decision and um, yeah, it turns out it's, it's um, possibly hasn't been the right one. Uh, Wales, pretty average again. Pretty, that's all I can really say about them. Yeah, I think there's a whole lot of stuff going on over there, right? They've got contract issues. They've got um, unions unions fighting each other's. You've got talks of players going on strike, and it's not a it's not a good setup right now, uh, Wales rugby. And they honestly they need to just take a step back and have a look what works over there. Um, if you look what um, the Irish rugby have done and, and contracted their players to to two teams and. Uh, those two teams are very successful and having two very successful teams playing together week in, week out, it gives you a very successful island team, a national team. So, you know, you know the, the, the model uh, the Irish have used works and, um, you know, they don't need to look too far away to, to see what's going to work and they need to make some serious changes across the board uh, with rugby in Wales. Now, Wales are in the same pool as Australia, Fiji, Georgia and Portugal at the World Cup. I don't know a lot about the new Fijian coach, but I, if Vern Cotter was still in charge of Fiji, which that's actually their first matchup, Wales-Fiji, I probably would have said, based on what I've seen right now, I probably would have thought Fiji might have actually beaten Wales. Fiji tend to always get the rough run of the draw with they have their hardest game up first. So if, if like they don't get a lot of... Um, 
uh, say pre World Cup games, they, they they often turn up a bit a bit underdone the Fijians, and then by their fourth game in pool play, they're they're actually on top of things and playing pretty good rugby. So, yeah, it's not it's not good for them that they have their the game they need to win. Uh, their biggest game they have to win is up first. That's that's not so good. Well, they got Wales, and then a week later they have Australia, and then essentially they got to wait two weeks to play Georgia, and then another eight days to play Portugal. So it's kind of the opposite way around. Yeah, see, that's just... You, you couldn't have it any worse for Fiji as a Fijian supporter. If they had those two Wales and Aussie at the end of their pool play, I reckon they're a chance for a semi-final spot. What about Scotland? Uh, they beat England, Wales and Italy at this tournament. I think they did relatively all right against France and Ireland, to be fair, but they're in the same pool as South Africa and Ireland. Is there any chance, based on what you've seen, that they could potentially cause an upset? Uh, Scotland on their day, right? Will That's beat, the key. On their day, Scotland on their day will beat anyone. You know, they took they took the All Blacks end of end of last year. They took them deep deep into All Blacks had to come from behind. You know, late in the game to win that. So they're 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 a good team, right? And they're a good attacking team. Now um, on their day, they can beat one of those teams. I'm just not sure they'll be able to do it twice. Um, that's going to be the problem. So that's a that's a pretty tough pool, man, having, you know, South Africa and Ireland in the pool. Then it comes back to something that we were talking about off air is that that just shows you why the World Cup draw should not have been, yeah. what, three years before the actual tournament? Yeah, a year, year just after the last World Cup. It's horrific, right? So the top four teams in the world are all on the same side, and then you have teams that are 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th, and 13th are all on the other side. So it's just that's that's just makes no sense. What you know, doing it years years and years in advance. You know, things change, and it's just turned into an absolute cluster this year. They're going to have you know two of the top four teams in the world not being a semi final, which yeah. is which is not right. Absolute madness. And lastly, Italy they didn't get a win, but probably playing better rugby than they have in quite a while. Oh, so I'm being really impressed by the Italians. They I mean when they light up, they 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 remind me a little bit of the Hurricanes, right? They when they're on, like they're they're unstoppable. They took some, you know, they scored some long range tries this year. And you, you don't see a lot of big tries in in Six Nations. You know, it's 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 a pretty tight game up there. Like it's not, but the Italians, man, they scored some good long range tries. And um, you know, they when they light up, they light up. So, um, yeah, they if they can get if they can get it right on the day, they they're going to cause headaches for teams. There's no doubt about that. Um, but you know, whether they can back it up week week to week to week, I'm not so sure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we are 13 minutes away from three on the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run. Power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. We've got two Super Rugby Pacific games coming up this afternoon, so we'll take a break and we'll look ahead to those here on SENZ. Eight minutes away from three o'clock on the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run. Just based on the Six Nations chat we just had, I've got a text here. Eddie is loving it. That's why he took the Aussie job. Easy run at the World Cup. Only meet Wales, so easy semi-final run for them. Yeah, it's not, it's not going to be hard for Aussie, honestly. It's uh, they don't even have to even send the A team over to get through the pool play and then get an easy, possible, probably easy quarter final and then straight into a semi. So, like their first real game of rugby is going to be a semi final, probably. You know, that's that's a that's a hell of a difference from what the All Blacks and Africans and Irish and French have got in front of them. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, we've got two Super Rugby games coming out this afternoon. First one at 3.35pm, the winless Highlanders, who are actually last place at the moment with a negative 98 points differential, no bonus points to pick up. Uh, they take on the Western Force, who have won two of their three games so far this season. Uh, as I've touched on with Tony Johnson, it pretty much is a must win already. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They've they've had a tough start, the Highlanders, and there's no doubt about that. And you know, I'm sure when they looked at their season, they were like, "Jeepers, we just get through these first three weeks and try not pick up too many injuries, and then we'll um, then we'll start trying to slug away on some teams." But the, yeah, they've had an incredibly difficult start, so I, I think they'll be I think they'll be frothing at the lips to get out there and get on the front foot. It, you know, they've been up against some teams that it's not easy to get on the front foot, and they haven't been able to do so. So hopefully, they the Fords can get on top of the. Um, on the other time and get a bit of go for a ball and uh, give, the, give the backs a bit of space. I think uh, Highlanders is everyone's a favourite other team, right? Everyone, everyone always supports the the underdogs, and you know, I, I think I hope they're due. They, they they're due for some good footy, the Highlanders. I, I I hope they get up today. Yeah, it would be good to see them get up. Uh, quite a few players in in and out. Uh, Billy Harmon is back after to take his All Blacks rest last week, which was. <laughs> But but odd to say the least. Yeah. Well, you know, it's probably a good thing they've rested them. You know, the last three weeks have been tough for them. I'm sure that you know they looked at it at the start of the year and said let's you know, let's not beat everyone up in the first three weeks because then we then we're going to be in some trouble in the back end of the competition. So, you know, maybe there's been a bit of a ploy. Maybe they're unleashing the big boys this game and and we'll we'll make our way from here. Yeah. And the other game on today, the Queensland Reds up in action against the Fijian Drua. That one at Suncorp Stadium. The Reds have been a bit underwhelming this year, while the Drura have two wins from three as well. Yeah, listen, the Drura. I, I, I don't think. Uh, I, I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think you're going to see uh, the Drura team of last week. I think they've probably spent uh, most of last weekend celebrating on the Carver, <laughs> and they may not be uh, as on point as they were last weekend. And they're away from home. I, I think the Reds will be a bit too strong for them. I. I, I think after that epic win last week that they've probably um, maybe not trained to the best of their ability this week. I think, um, yeah, I think it could be a tough day at the office for them. I, I hope I'm wrong, but, um, yeah, I think they probably maybe celebrated a bit too much last week. Sounds like you bit you last time as well, except, except the Blues didn't get the win. Just a little bit too much. <laughs> Just a, no carver, but I think. Well, uh, even though, mate, you were out enjoying yourself with the team from 03, it was a privilege and a pleasure to have you in the studio. You made you managed to make your way in and uh, talk some rugby with me for a couple of hours. Make me sound a bit knowledgeable. Oh, it's just yeah, talking talking rubbish. It's not it's not it's not a hug. No, it's been uh, it was I just it was it was a great weekend with the boys. We 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 don't get to catch up that often, and it was just amazing to see um, some smiles on some faces. And I haven't seen Rubes for twenty years, and you know it was it was good to see him. And I'm I'm glad he, um, he made the effort to come over. And a lot of the boys travel from around the country, so it's it's been an epic couple of days. That has been the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run here on SENZ. Power your business with the Bunnings Trade Power Pass. I'll be sticking around till 4 o'clock talking some more sport here on SENZ.